Alright, today's daf is, today's daf is daf chet. And we pick up in the middle of a Gemara discussing the parameters of Eretz Yisrael for the purposes of Gitin. And, um, an interesting discussion about whether if somebody brings in a, on the water in Israel, we're assuming now it means the, a river in Israel, um, whether it's like bringing in Eretz Yisrael, um, it literally actually said on a boat, so we're assuming it's a boat on a river, in Eretz Yisrael, we're like bringing in Chutzlaret. And what's that debate about? So the Gemara yesterday, um, tied the debate to a debate of Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim about if you have dirt on a boat and it's uh, growing uh, crops on the boat, whether the crops are obligated in Trimodum Ma'asrot, um, and the boat is in Eretz Yisrael. Whether the Chachamim say it is, and Rabbi Yehuda says only when the boat is scraping against the bottom of the uh, of the river um, and the river floor, and then uh, also the Gemara compared it to a a uh, um, a pot uh, um, with a um, what not a pot, what's it called a um, uh, a planter, what's it? It's called an artist. A, um, a flower pot, I guess, flower. with a um, with a hole in it. So Rashi says that it's a uh, pottery boat. I don't know how well a pottery boat will float. So it says it's a wooden boat. That a wooden boat is considered to be porous. Anyway, but the point is not whether the boat is uh, what makes it considered like a flower pot with a hole. The question is, why is that at all relevant to saying It's one thing the question about whether the dirt is connected to the ground of the dirt of Israel and whether it's considered growing in the dirt of the land of Israel but why should that at all be relevant to saying which has to do with other considerations um, so it seems clear that this Gemara is using like a prepackaged definition of the land of Israel and not focusing on whether the actual practical uh, you know considerations are present or not present to the point that to determine whether you say is a function of whether crops growing would be obligated in Trumas and Maestras. Although Tosos points out that, that, you know, how far are we going to take this? Like Tosos says, does that mean that if you give a get in an attic on a second floor in Israel, that you don't say B'fani Nikta? Because if you have dirt on a second floor and it's not connected to the dirt on the ground, it wouldn't be Chayv and Trumas and Maestras. So, well, no, at least there, the dirt underneath you is Chayv and Trumas and Maestras. But here, if you're in the river, maybe nothing would be Chayv. Anyway, it gets a little strange. So take a look at the Tosos. Let's just pick up with this. We didn't get a full, full opportunity to explain you this. Under the water, right? Well, yes, but Tosos is assumed saying that we could assume that he's assuming that the soil under the water would not be obligated, but it's still not fully answering. Anyway, Tosos has a nice answer or, or, or an explanation. He says like this. Um, so he says, Tosos Atzitz, but read from um, one, two, three, six lines from the bottom of the daf on Zayin uh, Bet, and Tosa says the following, um, he it's like six words, four, four words into the line. Zinhi dehacha de'enego sheshes l'Rabbi Yehuda midahave lechutz la'aretz li'in maser cheshivin ha'chutz la'aretz li'in get. Because if it's not scraping on the bottom of the ground for Rabbi Yehuda, since it's a chutz la'aretz for maser, stuff that grows in it would not be obligated in maser, you would be, it would be it's chutz la'aretz for get purposes. Now what's the logic there? So Tosa says to you, since that place is considered not in the land of Israel, so there's a lot like packed in that tells us, but he says it's true. They know that Adam are, are you know you could easily get Adam to come from a boat, right? They're right there in the land. They just step off the boat, and people know the halachas of Rishma. So this is from a practical standpoint. Standpoint, so 
also says there should be no need to say lishma. But from a formalistic perspective, this is labeled as chutzlaret. Okay, so those are the saying. Look, it's true. This practical aspects is not what is guiding us here in terms of this issue of the boat. From a practical perspective, you should not have to say the funny But from a formalistic perspective, Rabbi Yehud is saying that if you're on a boat in the land of Israel, you're not considered to be in the land of Israel. So I don't care if the practical considerations are satisfied. From formalistically, you're in Chutzlaret. And the evidence of that is that stuff that would grow would be obli- exempt in Trumas and Maestros. That's not a technical Trumas and Maestros point. That's a question that formally is considered to be in the land of Israel. And since formally it is not, you're in the airspace or the water space of the land of Israel, but you're not in the land of Israel, that he said would obligate you to say, And then he says, um, But if it's scraping on the bottom of the, of the, of the, of the, of the riverbed, the rabbis, even if it's not scraping on the bottom, it's just in a boat in a river, came into shame Eretz Yisrael alamakom. Since the place is labeled Eretz Yisrael, the evidence being that you bring Trumus and Masros, okay, Natsos says, even if, right, Natsos is dealing with this idea, does the boat have to be porous? What? You only say, don't say if you're on a porous boat? So it says, no. I don't care for that because the dirt isn't connected, you're exempt. That's a technical Trumus and issue that the dirt is you know it's not porous so the dirt isn't connected but the point is were it porous it would be considered like the dirt was connected so the real bigger issue here is you're, you're considered in the land of Israel for the rabbis when you're on a boat you're considered in the land of Israel and any dirt and anything that grows is growing in the land of Israel and for Rabbi Yehuda when it's scraping on the bottom you're considered in the land of Israel now it might be that for the dirt to be connected you need a porous boat but before that fundamentally you're considered in the land if it's scraping on the bottom so in that case um, um, so if there's just a dirt problem that's not the issue so what Tosin says is for something to be chive in Trumas and Maestros you need two set criteria reached you need to be saying that the stuff is growing in the land of Israel and you need to say that the dirt is connected to the ground for the funny next stuff who cares about the dirt okay that's a technical Trumas and Maestros issue but what we, can, what we can do is look at that halacha to say are you considered in the land of Israel or out of the land of Israel and what Tosin makes clear is obviously this is not the pragmatic concerns of do they know Lishmar Mitzvim Lakaimo? It's a purely formalistic definition. So, if from a formalistic Trumas and Mises perspective, you say in the riv- on a boat in a river you're not in Israel, the same would be true about Bafani Nechtav. If you say you are in Israel, then that would be true about Bafani Nechtav. So, this Gemara, you know, is not looking at redefining the criteria based on the specific needs of Bafani Nechtav. It's saying, let's look at a prepackaged definition from Truman and Maestros and we will take that and apply that here whether Lakula or Lachurma whether to have to say or to not have to say and that's very much against the simple sense we get from our Mishnah that draws the borders of Israel and Akko and all those places based on the specific considerations of the Fanei Nechtav and not based on the standard you know borders for other areas oh for other areas about the Halakha of land of Israel yeah. and most of the time when I'm on a boat in the river at this spot yeah. It would not be in Eretz Israel. Right. In the year where there's a drought, 
Yeah. <laughs> the boat is still touching the bottom. Yeah. It still should not be in Eretz Israel. I don't know what to say about that, but, but anyway, theoretically, theoretic, maybe. You can make yeah. that argument. Yeah. Although, okay. no, right. Anyway, so let's go back now to the Gemara. But that's the point. This Gemara is clearly drawing on laws of Tumas and Maestras to define the parameters of Israel for Fani Nichtav. So this Gemara clearly is going on formalistic prepackaged definitions and not on defining a unique set of criteria or um, that is relevant for Bifani Nichtav. Okay, so now the Gemara continues on Chedamad Aleph. Um, Okay, um, Rav Nachman, we are five lines down in from the top of the page, and again, we're trying to discuss this issue about a debate of whether you have to say it if you're on a boat. So, uh, Rav Nachman, yes, somebody could write a Dr. Seuss book about this, exactly. Would you say it on a boat? Would you say it on a boat? Anyway, so anyway. <laughs> all right. Oh, my God, that is such a perfect poem. Yeah, we could do... All right, anyway. Um, <laughs> a thousand people just heard that. Right, I understand. Rav Nachman, Yitzchak, Omer, if it's in a river, nobody disagrees. Like that's within the borders of Israel. Whatever you say about trumas and mitzvahs, and maybe that is more related to dirt issues. Anyway, that's clearly in the borders of Israel, presumably. I mean, he doesn't say which way, though, Pligi, but presumably Rashi does say, look at Rashi, five, four lines down in the top, from, from the top. Even if it's not scraping the bottom. The time of the get, it's not about the dirt issue and is the dirt connected to the dirt of Israel that's not what it's based on so so does it make so here he's saying well that's all true it's a nice issue everybody agrees if you're in a river you're in Eretz Israel ok so what's the debate if you're in a boat back to the Gemara what's the debate you're in the Mediterranean ah so if you're in the Mediterranean then we have a real off of the shore of Israel then we have a real question is that international waters Right? At what stage is something in the Mediterranean considered to be in the land of Israel or not? Okay? The time we turn to Brayta. Now, this is a Brayta, a Tosefta in Trumot, and this is once again from Trumas and Maestros. So we're still borrowing definitions from Trumas and Maestros. So he's not rejecting that. We're still going to use prepackaged definitions, but not the question of the river. The river and the Israel clearly are in the land. Any debate about that is a debate about is connect to the dirt. Dirt is not an interesting question for the Fani Nechta. But we're still going to use a prepackaged definition, a formalistic definition of Tumas and Maestros, but of something that's much more fundamentally a co- debate of is it part of Israel or not part of Israel for Trumas and Maestros. What is that debate? In the Mediterranean. What's considered part of Eretz Yisrael? What's Chutzarts for the land of Trumas? For the law of Trumot? Anything that slopes from Tre Amnon inward is Israel. From Tre Amnon and to the out is Chutzarts. Now, Tre Amnon, Rashi says, is the Aramaic of Hor Hahar, right? And Hor Hahar is, um, um, if you've got basically. My hand is now an eraser. Okay, anyway. Alright, so you basically have, anyway, okay, you've got, um, you have to excuse my, oh, I don't know what I just did there. You have to excuse my artistic, my lack of artistic skills. Anyway. Oh, okay, you got tissues? Alright. Anyway, something like this. This is the Yamadadol, okay? So the Mishnah says, the, the Mishnah, the Torah says that the borders of the land of Israel from the west are the Yamadadol, and it says, that the next point, right, it was sort of going, like here's, like here's Nachal Mitzrayim, which is, I think, what do they say that is? Wadi El or something? 
Anyway, okay, Nachum Yitzrayim, it says sort of like, is, as it's drawing the borders of Israel, and then it goes sort of, that's like in the south, and going all the way up to Yam HaGadol, and then it says the Yam HaGadol is the, um, is the western border, and then it says you go to Hor HaHar, okay, which is somewhere here, okay? Aaron died Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the same Hor HaHar, because Aaron obviously died somewhere over there. Yeah, I know, but it's some different Hor HaHar, I think. Anyway... Okay, so that's Rashi says that the Aramaic of that is Ture Amnon. Okay, Ture Amnon. So, anyway, so this is considered to be, so Rashi says anything that slopes away, which for Rashi means north, is Chutzlaaret, and anything that slopes from, if you imagine a mountain ridge, right, so you imagine a mountain ridge, it slopes down like that, anything that slopes south, is Eretz Yisrael, okay? Mountain range. So therefore, that's who are hard. Alright? So it says, Koshu Shafer V'yorei Mitre Amnon V'lifnim Eretz Yisrael Mitre Amnon V'lachutz Chutz Laretz Nasim Shaviyam How about islands? Now, are there any islands off of the Mediterranean near Israel? Are there? I don't think there are any. Anyway, theoretically, if there were, little, maybe it's just tiny little, you know, tiny little, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, mini, like, whatever, you know, just little, little pieces of land, right? Tiny little, whatever they are. So if there are some things that are off its coast, nothing should be, um, you basically draw a string uh, 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 from to Nachal Mitzrayim, which is the which is the um, the uh, the border here at the bottom of the of, of the uh, of the Mediterranean. Okay, so the border of Israel goes up to this point in the Mediterranean. Then you've got the Mediterranean, and then it picks up over here. So basically, you draw a string from Horhar to Nachal which is this border of Israel, and anything that is in between the string and the coast is considered to be Israel waters. And everything that's further out is international waters. Okay? And that's for the halachas of Trumas and Maestros. Now that is where, actually, you would want to borrow a definition, right? You would say... Okay, we've got this idea of uh, can Adam and Lakaima, and do they know Lishma? But how about do we just look at you know how do we look at the at the waters at the Mediterranean? Is that part of is it connected or not connected? So let's look at this definition for Trumas and Maestros. Said it says everything between this line is considered connected to Eretz Yisrael. So we'll use the same definition for Bifanei Nichtav. Okay, Nasim Shabiyam, Right as Sanki Luchut Maturach Lei Mitzray Amnon Ad Nachem Mitzrayim, Minuchud Isnim Eretzam Minuchud Luchut Chutzaret. Okay, that's the Tanakama's position. So therefore, if you have something brought on a boat, and the boat is within Israel waters, you would not say Rafani Nechtav. Reb Yehuda Omer, Kosher Keneged Eretz Yisrael, Mehareyu Keretz Yisrael. Anything opposite Israel counters Israel. Shanemar, Ugvul Yam, Vayalachem Hayam Gadol Ugvul. And the border of the ocean, and the ocean shall be for you the border. Now, it's a little redundant. She says, the purpose of the redundancy is to give you more of the Mediterranean that is connected to Israel. Okay, the Anasim Shabbat Stadim, now the islands off on the sides, you can take a string, from Kafluria, which is a little funny white, you know, Rashi says essentially it's Ture Amnon, so why it's using a different term is not clear. Anyway, but from this Ture Amnon to the Atlantic, and from the Nachamitraim to the Atlantic. 
between those two strings is Eretz Yisrael outside of them is Chutzar so what he says is no 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 no. you don't just do this what you do is you do this okay <laughs> so for him where oh thank you they really doing yeah. Yeah. I mean, for him, you go. This well, okay. So for him, you go like this. Okay. And anything basically opposite Israel is any you know belongs to Israel for Trumas and Maestras. Okay. And anything at the outside. So I don't know. Here's the Mediterranean. Okay. This will just show my ignorance in terms of um, where is like what, 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 what do you got here? You got France here or something? Spain. I mean Spain. Right? Where's what? Morocco. Okay. It basically extends until it hits land. Although they thought the the Atlantic was the end of the of the world, so uh, until the so until it hits the edge of the world. But anyway, but extends until it hits land. Hold on. Let me take a look at a map. I was going to say it's going to hit Italy, right? Yeah. Hold on, I'm looking. I'm looking at a picture. Okay, here we go. I'll try to draw you. Thanks. Oh my gosh. Okay. Whoa. All right. It's pretty huge there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold on. Okay. Wait. Wait. So Spain is like yeah. What do we have here? We've got here's the here you'll see. Whoops. You've got Greece coming out here. Right, and then you've got your here. You've got Italy, okay. So it is going to hit land, and then it's going to get France, right? And then it's going to get well, and then it'll get Spain, and then and then that'll be the African coast or something like that. Anyway, that's my greatest run. Anyway, so for him, well, I don't know because actually Italy and whatnot is higher than Israel. Those are much higher. Those are much Anyway, so basically, actually, that's much higher than Israel. Anyway, but anyway, all of that basically would be anything. Now, the question is: so basically, it would get you. It would, so it, it presumably is only the, la- the, the the islands, not the actual land masses. Okay, so it would get you like Sicily, right? Right? And uh, anyway, Greece maybe. I don't know. Anyway, all of that would belong to Israel. Okay. Because Israel's bigger than China. I know. I know. It's totally out of proportion. Anyway, all right. So, (laughs) exactly. Everybody will, everybody, right, okay. Anyway, so for him. All right. So the question about whether the question about whether a boat is considered Eretz Yisrael or Chutzlaretz is what happens if it's here. Everybody agrees that a boat is an Eretz Yisrael. If it's way out here in the Mediterranean, Rabbi Huda would say it is Eretz Yisrael, and the Chachamim would say it's considered to be Chutzlaretz. So again, we're borrowing from Tumor Masrot, but we're borrowing something which is a more reasonable debate, not something that relates to the dirt, but what part of the waters are considered connected to the actual. Our country itself. So, in terms of the islands in that concept, like Sicily would be Chai, right. At least Chayav and Tumasim Isis. Now, I want to read a Tosus about this, which is because it's a little <laughs> funny. Yeah, anyway, it says like this. Um, okay. Uh, so now it says the Sicilian Gemara says like this. Uh, Rabbanan, what do they do with the word agvul, which Rabbi Huda says to use to include more, more like mostly the Mediterranean for these for as part of Eretz Yisrael? 
like draw these parallel lines, not this a connecting line, not a diagonal line. So what do they do with it? They needed to tell you that the islands are included, but not to tell you that you draw these parallel lines, only that you draw from the northernmost part to the southernmost part, and you connect the two dots. No, you don't need a pasuk. William tells you that you, when tells you that the ocean is part of the land, it means you get the uh, islands. So the extra gvul tells you you draw these parallel lines. Now let's take a look at a cute little tosos here, which is Rabbi Yehuda Omer. So Tosos says, You know, we should be obligated in Tumas and Maisus, according to Rabbi Yehuda here, where we are in like France, because we're opposite, we're to the uh, east or to the uh, to the west of Israel. Now it is actually west and north. I don't think it would fall between the two parallel lines. But it, France is uh, on the Mediterranean. Yeah, but is it between the two parallel lines of Israel? Like I drew totally out of proportion, right? I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like way right. I mean, the island, the stuff starts up here, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. So like that, whatever. I mean, that's sort of what it looks like. So you really wouldn't get it. I don't know what you get, what you would actually get that falls between the lines. Anyway, but Tozo still wants to know, really? How far are you going to take this? Like, this is a question. You know, is Spain considered part of Eretz Israel? Okay. So, hey, Shiv, and he responded, the low kaim alunk Reb Yehuda. All right, we don't pass it that way. Avokasha. V'chi Reb Yehuda, yamaki b'chol Eretz Yisrael, sado kindness? Shekulam ha'yu b'gim lishmosh, edim atum l'chaim. So now he asks also the question, right, what does this have to do with giving purposes? Okay, it's all very nice that you're chayv in Tumas and Maishras, but does that mean that they all knew about the laws of Lishmar? There was travel? Again, what that shows is that this Gemara is dealing with just prepackaged definitions. You know, it's not dealing with the things that are really connected to the Takana. Then he says, um, no, what Rebuta means is, were you to conquer that land, you'd be chayev in Trumas and, Ma- Trumas and Maestras, because that would become part of Israel, because it's between the, bo- the borders. But if it wasn't conquered, it's not part of Israel. So therefore, practically, none of this really applies, whether to Trumas and Maestras, or whether they're saying the funny next time, because it was never really conquered. Okay? That's answer number one. Um, Inami can pierce Pekuntris. The Israel. He doesn't mean all land masses opposite Israel are shy to Israel. The lawyer be a basha shadow kindness. Elbenazing Shabiyamagadol Dafka. No, no, no. We're only talking about islands in the Mediterranean. We're not talking about major land masses, okay? So you would get, you know, you'd get Sicily maybe and something in Greece. That you would get. <laughs> but, you know, major land masses you wouldn't get, okay? Dafka. To receive Ad Yamagadol Mavo Hashem Okay. that everybody that any place there were Jews within that range actually did know Lishma. So the interesting thing is that the first and the last answer, besides the question of Francis Chayes and Trumas and Maestros, the first and the last answer basically is going back to how is this addressing practical concerns about Lishma or Animus and like, well, he happened to know that those concerns were being addressed. But the, but the middle answer is the more interesting one. It's also more of the shot of Gemara. But we're not talking about major land masses. We're only talking about islands. And that answer is basically saying, well, A, it's solved that France isn't Chayv and Trumas and Maestras because it's not a little island in the Mediterranean. But what it also says is, it doesn't really matter if the Lishma issues are being addressed. There are certain formal definitions. 
once you define what Israel is, islands off of the Israel of the coast of Israel are considered part of Israel, whether those whether those criteria are or are not being met. Right. So again, just showing you know that it's really not according to this Gemara based on the question about are we really addressing the needs of the Takana? It's, let's just use a definition of the land of Israel that we have elsewhere, and at least for this question about what's the status about the islands off of the coast. Yes. I have a simple non-conceptual question. This is Rabbi Peter. That's his name. No, I don't know. Patar, I think. I don't know. Who stands for? Anyway, <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean that's the funny thing is that we would sort of say like sometimes you follow a takana even though it doesn't match perfectly with the needs, you know. Um, and that's like we were saying before about the stuff in the uh, the boats in the river, you know. Mm-hmm. Although this is a little bit more bizarre because the boats in the river, you could say we don't have to, maybe we wouldn't have to. But anyway, the point is that's what you get when you try to use a definition that exists elsewhere. It's not going to exactly match. And this is trying to make it work. But simple sense of this Kamara is no. You know, if you want to figure out what to do with the islands, then you'll just use existing ways of defining whether the islands are connected to the land or not. Okay, let's continue with the Gemara with Mayor Omen. Now we get back to the Mishnah, which does seem to be a more specifically related to the Takana. Rabbi Meir Omer, Akko Keret Yisrael Ligitin. Akko counts like Israel, for, we land in Israel for Gitin purposes. So, only for Gitin purposes, not for other purposes. So that is a more tailored definition. Um, what if somebody sells their slave to Surya, which is like, you know, Syria? It's basically lands outside of Israel, the land of Israel, that were conquered by um, David HaMelech. And the question is, as we'll see, does that have a status like the land of Israel or not? Now, first of all, so this is a concept called Kibush Yachid. It was conquered as an individual conquering, not as a national conquering. We'll see what that means in a minute. Okay? Also, what's strange, though, is Rashi constantly refers to what David HaMelech did, but if we're in Bayashani times, or post-Bayashani times, it should be more relevant about how that land was connected to Israel in the time of Bayashani, not in Bayashon, for Tumas and Mises' purpose. But there's a debate throughout Shas whether Surya, these lands outside of Israel that at one stage were connected to Israel, are they Chayv and Tumas and Mises or not? So he wants to know what about for now not for Gitin that would be the immediate case of us but there's a third relevance for whether something is Israel there's Allah which is if somebody sells their slave outside of Israel then the slave goes free because the slave is obligated in Trumas and Maestros they can't determine their own fate you're, you're, you know, you're determining for them that they have to live outside of Israel where it's the center of a you know, Jewish community an opportunity to do mitzvot um, and therefore as a knas they said that the slave goes free so he wants to know what would happen if you sold your slave to Surya. Okay, Kemoche Bechutzard Stami Olo. I'm a little tiny too, we taught it in, we taught it in our Mishnah. Rabbi Neomer Akko Kertisol Gitin. It's like Kertisol for Gitin. Legitin in Lavadim Lo. Only for Gitin, meaning what's it coming to exclude? Well, you could say it's coming to exclude Trumas and Mises purposes. But here it's understanding that it's also excluding things that are similar to this Mesechet, meaning not, uh, you know, Zroim issues, but like Rabbinic Takanot about, you know, in and out of Israel. So something similar to that is this halacha of selling your slave. And therefore, for slave purposes, it's considered out of Israel. So if, if Akko is out of Israel, even though it's right on the border, but 
because it's away from the central, you know, sort of uh, part of the land. How much more so if you sell your slaves to Surya, very away from the uh, sort of central population, from, you know, um, that how much more so would the slave be considered selling to Chutzar? So now what we have is three possible definitions. We have very Yisrael for the purpose of Trumas and Maestras. We have very Yisrael for the purpose of Gitin, right? And we have very Yisrael for the purpose of slaves. All right? So are those, is, is, is the slave purpose and the Gitin purpose and the Gitin definition the same? Not clear. What it's saying is if something is considered Chutzar for Gitin, here actually the Gemara seems to be saying that it is considered the same. Akko is Chutzar for Gitin. Okay? But he says, I'm sorry, no, no, it says it's not the same. Akko is Chutzar for Gitin. I'm sorry. Akko is, one minute, hold on, hold on. Akko can't you sell Gitin. Right. For Rabbi Meir, Akko is like Eretz Yisrael for Gitin, but for Avadim, it's not like Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara is assuming that the definition for slaves we have is Eretz Yisrael is even smaller. Again, presumably because it has to do with, I don't know, where the major population is living and wh- how you're disadvantaging the slave from selling him away from, you know, where the major Jewish population is living and so on. So the Gemara assumes that whatever the land of Israel is for Gitin purposes, the definition for slave purposes is potentially even smaller. All right? So we have three definitions. We've got the Trumodomaisris definition, we have the Gitten definition, which has to do with Lishma and Mitsuyan Lakaimo, and we have the Avadim definition of Eretz Yisrael, which has to do with what? It has to do maybe with the Chiyuv the mitzvot, but of course, then that would be the same as Trumas and Maestros, you know, if that's the special mitzvot Yechayev in. So probably has to do with something like the Iker Yeshuv of Eretz Yisrael, where are the Jews living and where is it easy to do mitzvot. Okay, so the Gemara says that if you've got Israel here, and if this is Akko, okay, and that's considered Eretz Yisrael for Gittin purposes, so that's for Gittin purposes, that is Eretz Yisrael, but for slave purposes, that's a somehow a... So the Gittin purposes is that definition, but the slave definition is somehow assumed to be a little bit smaller. Okay? So we don't know where, but let's say the slave... This is, let's say, Yavadim is the Iker Yishuv of Eretz Yisrael, okay? And the Gittin purposes are, let's say, a little bit bigger. Okay? Because that's just where people... Is there travel? Do they know Lishma? But that would be even a little bit more at the periphery than where you know, the primary community is living, okay? So you got three possible definitions. So what it's saying is, Akko is like Eretz Yisrael for Gitten for a Bimeir, but for slaves that would be considered Chutzlaret. And certainly somewhere out here, Surya would be considered maybe for Trumas and Maestros it's Chayev, which we're going to see it is, but certainly for Gitten and for Avadim purposes, that's Chutzlaret, okay? So we're going to see that it might be that the Trumas and Maestros definition is actually a broader definition, right? Because this has to be with practically where are people living. For slaves, whatever, for that Knas, you know, if you sell them outside of the major centers, you're selling to Chutzlaret. For Gitten, okay, is there travel or not? But Trumas and Maestros may just be uh, more of a question of technically wet land was sanctified, even if the primary community is living further away. So we're going to see that Surya, I need a third color. I think I have a third color. Hold on. <laughs> what? Let's see if I can have to steal my I got black. Yeah, we'll use three colors. Jumat Mice wrote. This will be our father. Okay? Look at that. Okay? So here, okay, Surya 
But Surya, this could be the land that is sanctified for Tumat and Maestra's purposes, okay? It also includes nations out there, right? That was land that was sanctified maybe in the time of David HaMelech, maybe it was land that was sanctified in the Bayez Cheney, but it doesn't mean that by the time the Mishnah is being written, that's where there's travel and Lishma, right? This is like Lishma and travel, right? This is probably where it's like people are living, Okay, and this is you know this is land that was sanctified. So, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But let's say yes. Okay, I mean we'll see. But those are three different considerations. So we were talking about do you go by some standard de- prepackaged definition, which it seems like we were going about before when we were talking about the rivers. Okay, and here we're actually introducing three different definitions based on different concerns. Okay, all right. So now let's take a look. And we did it through Surya. So now we're going to look at Surya. So let's take a look. So certainly. Surya that is more distant from the central issue. Notice by Surya it doesn't say whether it's sanctified or not sanctified. You know, the question is, is it distant? Is it distant from where most people are living? That clearly will give it a status of chutzaretz for the purposes of avadim. Now the Gemara says like this. Oh, Rashi? Aleppo? Where did you say Aleppo? Aram Sova. Ah, okay. Right. Uh, that's true. Okay, let's see what the Gemara says. Three ways it's similar to Eretz Yisrael, three ways Chutzaret. After Tamei Kechutzaret, the dirt is Tamei for the Allah of that. There was, there's a double issue about what that's about. One is, is that there was a concern that uh, outside of Israel, the non-Jews buried their dead in the ground, I'm not in the ground, but also like all over the place without marking them, and therefore for Cohen to go there, they would become Tamei, but it also served a communal purpose of keeping people in Israel, particularly Kohanim, but in general keeping people in Israel, so it was giving like real, like a halachic reality to the idea of like it's, you know, it's Tamei to live in Chutzlaret, like the, the holy place to live in Eretz Yisrael, and especially for Kohanim, so anyway, they made the dirt of Chutzlaret Tamei. So for that, like we said before, if you sell your slave, it's like your son to Chutzaret. Now maybe get me Surya to maybe Chutzaret. So for getting purposes, it's considered Chutzaret, right? So for getting purposes, you've only got this for Avadim, but that is already is that is not considered to so forget not for Avadim, and we also say Afra Tamei. Okay, uh, so we have. Afra Tamei, but you would think if Afra Tamei it means that it's totally Chutzarit, but let's keep on reading. Okay, that's the third idea, Afra Tamei. Then when it says like this, Israel, it has Kedusha of the ground. If you want to go in and remain Tahor and not encounter the dirt, the Tamei dirt, there's a way to do it. We'll see about that in a minute. The Hakone. Um, if you buy a field in Surya, it's like buying in the center of Yerushalayim, which means if you're Chayv and Trumat and Maestros, so we want you to own fields there, and the fields are going to be Chayv and Trumat and Maestros, and we're going to see that we're going to encourage people to actually buy land in Surya, um, and we'll see what that means in a minute. So this is very interesting, right? It's like yourself for Trumat and Maestros, okay, but not for Gittin, not for Avadim, which might have to do practically where 
where people are living, but we still want to like encourage people to purchase that land. And even though it's chayv and jemesimayis, we're still going to say afra tame. All right. So now afra tame might be a function, especially if it has to do with where non-Jews are living. If that's why the dirt is tame, a just you don't want people living where the non-Jews are living. B because you know you don't want uh, that that they're burying their dead all over the place. That might be more of a function of these definitions, which have to do where people are really living and not this, which just has to do with whether the land had been sanctified or not. Okay? So is that clear that these two definitions are much more Gitin and Avadim practically where people are living? This has to do with just more of a question of was the land sanctified through some type of a process? And that's what the Gemara is going to turn to. So let's take a look at the Gemara. It says like this. It says... That conquering of an individual counts as conquering. Now, what does that mean? Very important debate to ask what that means. Look at Rashi. Rashi says to David, the conquering that David did. What makes it not a standard conquering of a land that would sanctify it? So Rashi says, well, David was going off fighting his own wars, he did not sort of have the country behind him. So point number one for Rashi was, it was not being done together with the whole, like as a national type of an enterprise. Another Rashi says that he didn't have the Sanhedrin to back him up. So, you don't necessarily need your army to be drafted from all 12 tribes, but you need to have like, you know, congressional approval. You need to do something to make it not your own little private war, but something that makes it a national enterprise. So Rashi is very much focusing on the Yachid. It was David fighting some own, his own wars. It was not national enterprise. And Rashi says, by Yeshua, not only was it a national enterprise, it was done for the benefit of Kla Yisrael, to be divided. David did it because he wanted it for his own purpose. Now it's funny, it wasn't his purpose as a private individual, it was his purpose as a king, but it wasn't serving some obvious national purpose and it wasn't being done as a national enterprise. Okay, and therefore, that was conquered by a king, okay, does that give it Kedushah if it was conquered as a king but not as part of a national enterprise? And this position says, yes, it does give it Kedushah for Trumot Uma Asarot. Okay, now the funny thing of course with that is, is that, what is that, who, who cares? Halachas of Trumot and Maisos are based on, on what happened in the time of the second Beit HaMikdash. We say the sanctity of Yoshua does not continue to exist for Trumot Uma Asarot. Okay, so that's just a question I want to put out there because what David did, did should not matter for Trumot and Maisos. Nothing that happened in the first place of Mikdash should matter for contemporary Trumas and Masters. Anyway, look back at Tosos and Dafchet, Kivish Yochid, Tosos has a different definition. Tosos says the following. Another reason why it was problematic. That you cannot extend the borders of Israel to make sort of annex land to the borders of Israel for Kedusha purposes only after the primary land has been conquered. You didn't conquer near your own capital, near your own castle. You haven't conquered the Yerushim near Yerushalayim. And you're going to these other places? After they conquered all of Israel, So for Tosos it did not matter whether David was doing it as a private enterprise 
What mattered was whether you could incorporate it or annex it to the primary land of Israel. And since it was conquered prior to the primary land being fully conquered, it was not able to be incorporated, or the question was, that's the question of Kivush Yachid, was it able to be incorporated into the primary land or not? Okay, so we have this question about Kibush Yachid. Now again, but I do keep on pointing out, because I just pointed out so much because I don't see uh, the uh, other people talking about it, but to me it's an obvious problem, is who cares what David HaMelech did? Trumas and Maishas are supposed to follow second base of Mikdash. But anyway, for whatever reason, it was conquered. It's not the primary land. It is these countries that have been annexed or conquered. It's, it's sanctified for Tumas and Maishas, but it ain't where the Jews are living. The Jews are living here. Okay? So for Avadim purposes, it's Chutzlaret. Right? Here's another interesting question, right? Is this just Trumas and Maishas? How about other mitzvahs that depend specifically on the land of Israel? It's just about the dirt is sanctified? Or is it even conceptually considered, you know, to be the land of Israel? It's just, no, it's sanctified with the Kedusha of the land. But anyway, the Jews are living here. So that's what's relevant for Gittin, and, you know, which is even broader, and Avadim, which is even smaller. Okay? But here, the Jews aren't living, but the dirt is sanctified. So it's Chayv and Trumas and Maishas, but because the Jews aren't living there, the dirt is still Tamei. Okay? That's so that's what, what? That's kind of a concept. That the dirt is Tamei and Chayv and Trumas and Maestras? Right, so you could be Chayv and Trumas and Maestras, you know, I mean, it's just funny, we call that it being Kadosh, you know, the sanctified the dirt, and then we talk about it being Tamei because dead people are buried there. But look, that's true even in Israel too, in a cemetery, if you were to plant in the cemetery, it would be Chayv and Trumas and Maestras and it would also be Tamei, you know. But it clearly points out, the idea of the dirt being Tamei really does reflect this reality of, you know, as a symbol that the it's you know non-Jews live here, Jews don't live here, right? And that's what that's about. Yeah. Well, two things. One is there's an irony because the more co- the more kadosh something is, the more susceptible it is to tumor, right? So you have that interplay. Okay. But you also were suggesting, for example, maybe they would be chayiv and peya. Um, well, yes, but I'm thinking about like, um, yeah, I mean, the most obvious things about Eretz Yisrael, uh, yeah, I was talking about things, uh, to think about things that are related to Eretz Yisrael that are not exactly about, you know, agriculture altogether. Yeah, something like that, right? You know, I don't know when you would talk about, you know, the people that would uh, be high. In, I mean, it, it's harder to find those things, but there are some things. Um, for the laws of Kiddush HaChodesh, you know, uh, with those types. I don't know. Uh, how about how about Shoftim V'Shot Dream Titein L'Chab? How about Eglarufa? Would it apply in Surya? You know, presumably we're talking that it's not considered the land of Israel, just the sanctity. Presumably, but those are interesting definitions to play with. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, um, the road says so now three lines from the top on Chedemut Beth. The road says um, if you want to go in without becoming Tamei, that's possible. Wait, wait, wait. We said the dirt, dust was Tamei. No, you can go in in the box. So, you know, talk about your cat in the hat. So you go, <laughs> or not cat in the hat, your whatever. Anyway, your fire, your, what was it? Uh, would you eat it in a fox? Would you eat it in a box? Okay, so you're in a box. Um, now, and that's protecting you from the dirt underneath. Titania. If you go into the land of the nations, in some type of a box, on a tower, Rebbe says you're Tamei. So basically, people are tearing you. Here you are. You're in a, one of those, what are those things called that were carried? Uh, a halloquin? Okay. A palanquin. Yeah, whatever. There you are. The dirt is down here. You're driving a car. You're driving a car. 
are, right? These, these people are carrying you. How okay. about if you're riding on a horse? Exactly. Well, Tosa says, same thing. Okay, fine. Okay. All right, so they're carrying you. Okay, so are you protected from the dirt? Because the dirt is matame, is matame but this is like an ohel, so this protects you. So there's a way to go in without becoming tame. So the guys who are touching or walking... They're tame. The exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay, so Rebbe says, but Rebbe says you're tame, and Rashi says it's because of principle of oil zaruk of like an oil that is moving that's not stationary that is not like the whole question about an airplane although that's also metal so it's a different story anyway so that does for Rebbe that doesn't work um, and even Rebbe he's only saying it by normal chutzvaret well, not only is it the dirt that's a problem but the air is a problem but by Surya only on the dirt, not on the on the air, and that's why Surya is more lenient. In a normal chutzla aretz, you would be tamei because of the air. Now, the air could just mean that even if you're blocked from the dirt, we consider the very air to be tamei, so it doesn't help you. Or what Rashi says, we could just mean by the air is we could mean not just touching the dirt, but even being over the dirt. There's two conceptual different ways of thinking about it. Are we literally saying the air is tamei, or just saying you could become tamei from the dirt if you're over it, even if you don't touch it? But that's in normal chutz la'aretz. In Eretz, in, in, in Surya, we're a little bit more lenient. Only touching the dirt is a problem, not the air, not being over the dirt. So therefore, everybody would agree, in Surya, you can go through it with being tahor. Okay? As long as you don't touch the dirt in Surya, you're okay. Alright? So, that's number two, the way it's like Eretz Yisrael. Not really like Eretz Yisrael, but it's not as bad as the rest of Eretz Amin. It sort of very nicely reflects its middle type of position, or its multi-layered status. And number three is, um, if you buy a field in Surya, it's like you brought in like the center of Yerushalayim. For what purposes? Is that important to purchase property there? So, um, you can write the, you can register it and you can write these, the bill of sale if you're buying it from, an, from a non-Jew because you want to have Jewish possession of that territory, you can buy it, you, you can write it up even on Shabbat. So the Gemara says, B'Shabbat, Sakadaytach? What? You really? You can write on Shabbat, Chil Shabbat, still right? Says the Gemara. All right. Kedama Rava Omer Levi Kachavimbo. So fine, fine, fine. You don't, really, you don't personally write on Shabbat. You have a non-Jew drop the documents on Shabbat. Okay? The Hachanah Vosa. Hachanah Mi Omer Levi Kachavimbo. And here too, so the same way he says it over there, by place that's in Yerushalayim, in Eretz Yisrael proper, you can even do that for this land. Even though this land, we just got through saying, is not really where the Jews are living. But nevertheless, it's because it's Chayvim Tumas and Maestros, we want you to, we, the better, more Jewish possession of that land, the better. Now, this is quite ironic, if you think about it. The reason we say the dirt is Tamei, partly is to get you to not live there. The reason that we say that if you sell your slave in Chutzaret, is like selling it to Chutzaret, because that's not where the Jews are living. But, but nevertheless, it's enough connected to us that even if it's not the ideal place to live, and even if it's not where the primary Jewish population is living, we want, you, we want to encourage you to purchase property there, as long as you know. So, and therefore, we're going to let you actually get the document signed, not for yourself to write it, but get it to do the document drawn up, even on Shabbat. Okay. Of the Afagav the Amir Lavi Kacham Shvus, even though having an Anju does something for you as an Isra Durabanan, Mishum Yishu Eretz Yisrael Lo Gadra Barabanan. In order to settle the land of Israel, the rabbis weren't gozer. 
So it's quite strange, a very conflicted, I mean, I love it because it's just so, you know, complex and bizarre. It's called Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. I mean, the Iker Yishuv is over here, who's living off in Surya, right? And by the way, you're buying fields. You're not buying, like, you know, fields means for planting, right, which connects to the Trumas and Maestros. So it's one thing to say you buy fields, Trumas and Maestros. Maybe it's saying, who knows? Maybe it's saying in order to provide food for people living in Israel, we need to own, like, you know, some nice, what is it? Like uh, Greece primarily, because we're talking about, uh, uh, or not Greece, um, mm-hmm. Italy. Like Sicily was the wheat field for like for like it, it, uh, Italy. Is that right? I think I remember from those Roman histories. Like that's where. Anyway, so like maybe like you know if you buy your field here, you'll prov- get. It'll be nice to prov- to provide for. Maybe the use of Israel is the use of being done over here by owning some fields out here. I don't know. Okay. What? Egypt was where the Egypt came from. Yeah, I thought they conquered Sicily for the wheat, though, didn't they? I don't know. Anyway, but it's quite interesting the concept of Afratameg and Yishuver Tishrael. You want to own land there. But again, as I'm saying, it might be that you want to own land there to provide for where the Jews are living in Israel. This Mamashla, like, forget Surya for a moment. Yeah. Let's go into the middle of Israel. Right. Okay, are you telling me that for something that would be clearly justifiable, Machmach Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, there's no shvut on Shabbos that can be made? I mean, possibly. I mean, here certainly for this. Yeah, I mean, quite possibly. Okay, I mean, and generally we allow a mirror for, for a non Jew. There, there's even the position, part of this Tosos is a position of the Aruch, that you allow a mirror to a non Jew on Shabbos for, for any mitzvah purpose. You allow a mirror to a non Jew. Tosos says no, only for the mitzvah of the Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. For a different mitzvah purpose, you would need two Durabonans, a mirror to a non-Jew for a Durabonan, but not a mirror for a non-Jew for a Doraita. But the Aruch actually learns from this that a mirror to a non-Jew even for a Doraita is mitzvah, is mitzvah for all mitzvah purposes. But certainly for Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, it seems mitzvah like... purpose including, let's say, on Shabbos to Nalayda. Uh, basically. I mean, for the Aruch. We don't pass them like the Aruch, although Bishas HaDchak, sometimes some posts can, like there's a Ramah that's prepared to rely on the Aruch Bishas HaDchak. But certainly for Yishuv Eretz Yisrael purposes, a mirror to Goy is basically mutter. That's what the Gemara is saying. On, on the, on the Aruch, who says that you can do an Amir Lagoy and a Doraita for Tzach Mitzvah. Why not? The Aruch was a go- in the Goni period. The Ramah is a few hundred years later. Oh, the, uh, uh, not the Aruch the Aruch. Tosos uh, okay. calling the Aruch, not the Aruch Okay. Yeah. From Rome. Exactly. Okay. Talking about Rome. Okay, fine. You take a look at the first line of Tosos, we might as well quote it. Okay, he says... We would only announce Amir for Durabana, not for Doraita. And then he says, but then he quotes the Aruch, and he says like this, uh, is this where is the Aruch here? Well, not the Aruch, excuse me, I thought it was also the Aruch. Anyway, it's about eight lines from the bottom. Line starts with the word Hitiru. He says, Shapirish, etc., etc. Okay, so there is this position in the Gaonim that if any Amir Lagoy, Amir Lagoy is much for any mitzvah. Okay, but we generally pass in only Amir Lagoy and a Durabana, not in a Doraisa. Right, back to the Gemara. Tarabanan. So since we introduced Avadim into the discussion here, we're going to talk about another funny halacha that's going to come up in a Mishnah, which is when an Evid brings a, when you deliver a get, a get also means just a document, particularly also 
a uh, instrument, meaning not a document that's just a staraya, just proving something happened, but it's actually a document that is an instrument that effects a status change. So one of the terms you'll get is shichuravadim, manumission of slaves. The get basically is a piece of paper that says, you know, hareata ben chorin, hareata la'atzmacha, similar idea, you're freeing the person. Anyway, you give it to the evidence, and the evidence freed, causes a change of personal status. Let's say I send my get for my Eved, you know, and then the Shaliach delivers it. Guess what the Shaliach has to say when he delivers the get for the Eved? A similar Takana. So now an Eved brought his own get, okay? Eved Shahivi Gito, he brought his own get, similar to a woman bringing her own get, okay? Okay, so he says it, um, and he says, and it says on this, on this get, you and my property are, 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 are um, given over to you. I'm giving you yourself and my, all of my property. So, Atzmokana, Nechasim Lokana. He owns himself, but not the property. Why? Look at Rashi. Atzmokana, the Neman he al Shichuro, Lomar Bifani Nechtav. Vein Tzach Eidim Lakaimo. So, he's Mekayim the star. He says, Bifani Nechtam Nechtam. That Kiyum of the star, right, because that, his testimony works as a Kiyum. You don't need two witnesses. That's a special leniency we give here. That works for the Shichur part of the star. What makes this a special get, which makes this the get Shichur. But in the boy You have two things wrapped up in one here. It's a gift document. There's no Allah Bafani Nikta for a gift document. There's only Allah Bafani Nikta for a get isha and shikhravadim. So this thing is two things wrapped up in one. You got it? It's freeing the slave and it's gifting him the property. And he says Bafani Nikhtav on it. That works for its status as a bit of manumission, as a get shikhror, and therefore he's validated the signatures from that perspective and he's free but if he wants to collect the property he has to treat it as a normal writ of a, of a gift and he needs standard kiyum sharot standard validation of signatures so there would be a gift from his master to him who was manum whatever freeing him they asked the question now let's say that's when there were two statements in it you and my property is transitioned to you so you could say there's two things here it's a, it's a star that's doing two that, that it's two star wrapped into one but let's say it's one one sentence not two sentences one sentence that means both all my property is given to you so included in all my property is yourself okay same idea but it's one sentence it's not two separate ideas in one package okay so what's the halacha since the Bifani Nikhtav works for himself it works for the property it's a key it's all one star it's not two star out you know even conceptually it's one statement so if the key worked for, for part of it it worked for the whole statement I'm only Rabbi the Rabbi says no he owns himself he need to have a get isha. This idea of finding it does it works for I like it works for a get of a, uh, for a get of divorce. Ellen chosim lolikni, but it shouldn't work for the uh, for the for, for to own the property. You need to have a king star stama. like from that perspective, it's a normal writ of a gift and it would require normal validation of signatures and the Fanei Nikhtav doesn't work which is basically what I was saying is I'm not impressed that it's doing two things in one sentence it still works from one one dimension works 
the get part works. The normal matana part, the kiyum sharos, does not work. So Hodor Amayar so Abai did not want to give up on the idea that it's, oh, that's all one package. So Abai said, fine, I'll say it this way. Fine, you, want to, uh, you don't like what I said first? I'll try again, but I'm still, I'm still not giving up on the idea that it's one sentence. So if it doesn't work for the matana part, the Bifani Nechtav, it doesn't work for the get part. But I'm still insisting it's all one thing. Uh, Rava, of course, refuses to hear this. Amalei Rava, Rava says back to him, No, I agree with you, you don't own the property, because because it's just, it, because for it to treat it as a, as a gift document, it needs normal validation. So I get it doesn't work to validate the signature from its perspective as a gift document, but let, but let him free himself, but it still should be looked at as, as from the perspective of a you know of a star ruler and it should work so basically it's so funny like they're not hearing each other they're talking up you know they're talking like parallel to each other Rav is saying I'm willing to look at it at two dimensions and say the Kiyom works for the get shikhur part and it doesn't work for the matana part Abayi says it's all one sentence so either it's going to work for both or it's not going to work for both but you can't have you can say the Kiyom works for that line and not for that line but if it's all one line it's all the same words it either works for, bo- for, for that sentence or it doesn't work for that sentence you can't split the two effects of that sentence. Okay, so that's the debate. And we'll just read Rava's position. Elam Rav, it's very clear where Rav is going. Whether it is phrased as two sentences or as one sentence, it works for himself, where even if it's just one sentence, the kiyom works for the part of it that refers to freeing the slaves, that is a good kiyum. For nechassim, the part of it that is a, a gift document, even if it's the exact same sentence, lo kana, it does not work. So for abaya, you can split the kiyum between, um, excuse me, for, for, yeah, yeah, for abaya, you can split the kiyum if they're two separate phrases. The kiyum works for this phrase, not that phrase. But if it's one phrase, it's either a kiyum for, for the whole phrase and, and both of its ramifications or for neither of its ramifications but you have to do with the physical phrase that either works for it or it doesn't and Rav is willing to split the effect even though it's one phrase for the degree that the phrase is working to free him it works for the degree that the phrase is giving him a gift it does not work okay and we'll unpack this tomorrow the week that they had 